The EY Ireland CEO Outlook Report is out now. Search ey.com slash ie slash CEO and discover the key topics on the minds of Ireland's leading CEOs. Hello and welcome to Inside Business, a podcast from the Irish Times. I'm Laura Slattery, standing in for Kieran this week and on today's pod. How important is the so-called latte levy to our climate goals and why are some business groups objecting to it? The government plans to introduce this 20 cent tax on all single-use takeaway coffee cups in a bid to make Ireland the first country in the world to eliminate their use. Nearly half a million of these cups are sent to landfill or incineration every day. So why do some claim the proposal won't achieve its aims? We spoke to one cafe owner for her views on the latte levy. My name is Doreena Kew, and myself and my husband Simon own Clement and Pico. So we're based north and south side of Dublin, so we've South William Street, and we're here over 10 years now, and then we also have a place that's on Blessington Street up in Fitzroy. I am very happy to participate in anything that we can do as a business to make our society more sustainable. However, I suppose my first reaction is I just don't feel it's the best first step to take. It feels like a a knee-jerk reaction. My reading of it is very much a case of there's the what can we do what's what's a meaningful things that we can do for a sustainable future and then there's the ones that are what can we be seen to be sustainable and I personally of of the fact that there are so many other things that can do that will make a real change before we do this this isn't like the plastic bag that was such an easy and a fantastic thing to introduce this is a vessel that you consume something in. It means that, you know, how we take such pride in the way we, you know, prepare each individual drink. You know, it's a real theatre when you come in, you situate, and, you know, we put a lot of thought into our choice of milks. If it's a milky coffee, we put a lot of choice into the, that coffee that we choose, that craft that the roaster does to produce that coffee, all of that sort of stuff. So it is actually important what that is put into, and that it, it's something that's clean. So, say, for example, if we're talking about something reusable, you have to think about, well, that has to be, it has to start by being a suitable vessel for us to put in our carefully crafted coffee for you to consume. Is it something that we're going to be presented with that's dirty? Because then we have to think, we have to get it into a place that has to be clean so we can then, once again, offer you what we take pride in, in that takeaway reusable cup. Do you think so, that it might make people think twice about getting that morning coffee if they have to pay an extra 20, 50 cent, whatever it is, if they've forgotten their keep cup? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it will. And, and also you have to think about tourists as well that are coming in, um, you know, that, that we're thankfully now seeing back again. Um, so that could be a serious hike. And I know along with everything else, we're like the costs of everything anyway to run our business, the product, which unfortunately, yeah, we have had to pass on quite recently to um, our customers. So everything is going up. So this is another additional. So if the purpose of this, though is to try and do something dramatic and drastic for the sake of sustainability. I would question, is that the right way to do it, where people are already feeling the pinch? What do you think the overall impact of this latte levy will be? I think, you know, the the impact or the burden, I'm going to use that word, falls on the shoulders of cafe owners. And I'm just going to use this opportunity to have a little bit of a mini moan. You know, we're trying to get back to being a service industry. We're, I mean, I'm delighted that we've kept going. I'm delighted that we're our staff, our team are all together. But, you know, we've come out of having to say to people, you know, stand here, have you please wear a mask when you come in. We want to just stop policing people. We want to get back serving them and doing what we enjoy doing. 
I'm wondering now, are we getting something else that we have to now start explaining to people we're at the forefront? Um, if this is the road we're going, that it is going to be, then absolutely let's participate and do our part. But I feel as if there has to be much more of a framework where we can do this, but that we've got backup to do. Is there going to be, for example, a publicity campaign explaining to people that we can do it? Is there other things that go kind of like, if okay, so if you're going to have a single-use thing, it has to be recycled, it has to be compostable. And with that then, you can walk around the streets and see the correct bins where you dispose of that, maybe look at a colour-coded, all that sort of stuff. So I just feel we've already been doing a lot of sustainable things, trying to do zero waste as a business. And, and really, we've been doing that in the wilderness where I feel as if there isn't a proper uh, framework on the ground uh, you know, to allow us to kind of get rid of compostable bins, food waste on the streets, things like that. So I think there's so much more that can do um, and I just feel the impact is really with us and I feel that it's a little bit unfair there are big businesses out there that operate in the cafe industry but there's also smaller businesses like ourselves so I just feel there's a bit of an unfairness to it I think there's a lack of understanding to be honest and I think what's winning here is just to be seen to be sustainable With me now to discuss the levies starring role in the government's circular economy bill is Duncan Graham, Managing Director of Retail Excellence, and Saiv O'Neill, an assistant professor at TCU, where she lectures in climate policy and environmental politics. Welcome both. Duncan, I'll come to you first. What are Retail Excellence's objections to the latte levy, and why do you say it doesn't make sense? Okay, well, firstly, thank you for inviting us along. Um, uh, look, I would start off by saying that in a recent survey of retailers that we've done, 80% said that it was important their businesses became more sustainable. Uh, they're certainly very conscious of climate change, the impact of climate change, and the need to change practice, and that's very, very clear. Um, that said, I think we, we are concerned about the unintended consequences of the what is the circular economy bill and the, and the impact this could have on business. So the bill really allows, as you said, for the levy at a minimum of 20 cents to be placed on the price of an item. Um, so that's usually, we we're talking coffee cups, but that could equally be other paper-based containers. And that's a minimum of 20 cents at a time when um, if you look at the price uh, situation out there, the price of coffee, the price of ingredients, we've seen an enormous spike. Um, and, you know, one of the clear issues that we have got is, you know, it's 20 cents now, but there is scope within the bill for this to rise to a euro. So we could be looking in a year's time at another euro on the price of coffee at a time when we've seen the price of coffee and other ingredients rise by over 10%. So is your argument that it's a bad time for this or a bad idea? It's certainly a bad time. But the point about this is also that the government's plan here is to remove what in effect are recyclable paper-based coffee cups, and in many cases compostable coffee cups, um, replace them with keep cups, which is fine if you've got a decent quality keep cup. But the reality is that in most cases, these paper cups are going to be replaced by plastic, by plastic cups. Plastic cups will ultimately end up in landfill. And what we're really proposing is, is not you know, massive change. What we're saying here is stop, pause, consider the other uh, alternatives and one of the major alternatives uh, that we could be doing is recycling. Um, and do you have any data on the share of uh, disposable cups that are recyclable at the moment and actually recycled? So, so if, if you take, ultimately all cups are recyclable. Um, there, is, there is plastic in some of these cups but it's not beyond you know, the, the wit of uh, 
people to be able to recycle that product and to remove some of that plastic from those cups. What we haven't got here compared to other countries, you know, if you take European countries like France, for example, their whole approach is actually to, 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 to focus on no plastic and just purely to drive paper. So, you know, we, we're not doing that here and we're not doing it simply because we don't have the infrastructure to, to recycle in the way that we should be doing. Well, there's 200 million cups a year that goes to, to landfill or incineration, according to the government figures. I mean, isn't it the easiest thing in the world to do to introduce a measure that could change consumer behaviour and put a massive dent in that number? Yeah, and we talk about consumer behaviour, and absolutely, and I'm sure the plastic bag levy is a prime example of that. But um, the, the reality, we're looking at studies from the UK, for example, around this at the moment, which is suggesting that we might change 6-7% of, uh, of consumer behaviour in the short to medium term. But will also result in 8% of consumers that uh, have, have said they'll probably no longer buy their takeaway coffee. So, you know, we've got this issue of how long will it take to change consumer behaviour and what amount does this levy need to be to change consumer behaviour? It's 20 cents now, it could be 60 cents or it could be 50 cents in, a, in six months' time, it could be a, year, a euro in a year's time. And that is going to very simply have a massive knock-on effect in terms of uh, the coffee industry across the country. And let's face it, we have got one of the most... Uh, you know, we, we are very ad- addicted to our morning coffee in Ireland. We've, we've got a, a big coffee economy. So, you know, that, that's where our big concern would be. It's not about, you know, being anti-green in any way. It's about um, the need to look at other alternatives. And we believe that recycling is the alternative that we should be looking at. Okay. I mean, I'm just, I'm kind of curious about whether or not it is the inconvenience factor for cafes or indeed the the cost and, and the risk that consumers might be deterred from buying a takeaway coffee that, that's driving your opposition to this or, or, or is the belief that it just will be counterproductive, that the cups themselves aren't all they're cracked up to be? The well, the cups ones. are certainly not all they're cracked up to be. The reality, the, the plastic, the fact that we're putting cheap plastic cups potentially into landfill is certainly not as placed where we want to be. The other, the other side of this is, of course, coffee shops are going to have to change the way they operate. Very clearly, they're going to have to change the way they operate if we end up with 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 uh, keep cups. And and the reality behind that is that that will mean more washing, more drying, more of an operation going on in store. And the, you know, if you look at this uh, Rumball study that has been done in Denmark, you know, they're, what they're actually saying is if you start putting more washing and drying going on in uh, in these coffee shops, that's only going to increase the amount of water we use. It's only going to end up with more carbon being put out into the environment and all of those types of things. So that's counterproductive, to, again, to what the government are, are trying to do here. So those are all the reasons why we believe, not that th- this bill should be stopped and not that we should be necessarily you know, stopping the use of plastic cups, but the reality is that we should be looking at other alternatives as well to this. And one of the key alternatives is about recycling. With increasing pressures... Ireland CEOs are working hard to navigate the rapidly evolving business landscape. The EY Ireland CEO Outlook Report takes a deeper dive into the topics that are on the minds of Irish CEOs at the moment, and importantly, the issues that leaders should be paying attention to. Discover the key actions to consider as you seek to reshape the future of your organisation at ey.com slash ie slash CEO. Five, are reusable cups a net positive for the environment or do we need more research on that? 
Well, there's been quite a bit of research done. In fact, the most important study was conducted quite recently uh, by UNEP, the United Nations Environment Programme, and they conducted a meta-analysis of a series of different life cycle analysis. So when you're looking at the environmental impact of any given product, you have to consider the materials that are there, the impact on climate and water. And with something like a disposable cup, there are many different potential materials. There's plastic, paper, wax, uh, goodness knows there's compostable and recyclable plastics. There's all different kinds of materials. So comparing them um, requires careful consideration and each study is done under different assumptions. So um, so UNEP did this study. It was published in 2021 and it was peer-reviewed. And importantly, it found that reusable cups are the better alternative and the clear choice in most instances. Now, the Ramball study that uh, uh, Duncan has referred to is actually an industry study. It was commissioned by the European Paper and Packaging Alliance and it is not fully published and it wasn't peer-reviewed, although they did get it checked out by a a kind of a quality assurance uh, agency. So I think it's important to bear in mind that, you know, this is an industry argument that's being presented by the packaging industry, which has been very critical of the European directives, which are shaping harvest policy in this respect. So the Ramball study, for example, um, uh, was only looking at in-store consumption of uh, paper cups. Now, obviously, if you're using uh, single-use disposable items within an enclosed environment, it's much easier to get a higher recycling rate for those cups. But in reality, most disposable uh, cups are single-use and they're disposed of in the waste stream. And it's very confusing for people to uh, figure out how to recycle or compost them. I mean, I'm well on top of this kind of thing myself and I would not know what to do uh, in, in in a public bin with uh, a recyclable uh, paper cup. It's just very difficult if you can even find a bin. And of course, the waste is contaminated as well, which makes it very difficult to recycle it properly. So in reality, we're looking at a single-use material that is going into a waste stream. So then we have to look at the what we call end-of-life treatment of the product. And in reality, it's just going into landfill and incineration. And recycling rates would have to be as high as 80% for paper cups to be advantageous over a reusable cup. And you can't get 80% recycling rates for disposable cups that are going into bins on the street. Another point I just make, uh, which is important to bear in mind, is, and I just looked at the figures for the cleansing costs of Dublin City Council, which is where you'd have the highest concentration of cafes and and, uh, disposable uh, beverage containers. And in 2021, they budgeted uh, $47 for the street cleansing service alone. And that didn't include, for example, landfill aftercare. And I'm not sure if it included the waste incineration charges, actually. So it's an extremely expensive cost. So this cost is, if you like, being put out there into the environment by the packaging industry, by the retailers and by consumers. We we have to have a share in that. And the cost of dealing with it is being borne by the taxpayer. So it makes total sense for there to be a policy intervention. And the policy intervention in this case is a circular economy bill, which is framework legislation looking at, you know, um, many aspects of material reuse and recovery, not just obviously single use disposable cups. So I think, um, you know, it's a very welcome initiative. Now, there, there are there are issues there about how it's implemented, but that will be down to how, you know, detailed regulations specify, 
you know, which retailers have to do what. It's likely that it'll follow the model of the plastic bag levy. So retailers will have to make a return to the revenue commissioners. There is some inconvenience to them for that, for sure. But I don't doubt that many businesses want to be ahead of the game here and want to show their consumers that they they do care about the environment. And that's how it went with the plastic bag levy. And do you think um, the latte levy, if, if I can continue to call it that, uh, we love alliteration in the media, um, will be as effective as the plastic bag tax was in changing behaviour? Or is it just that step more inconvenient to carry a reusable cup to a cafe? Say if you're out in a walk with your friends, sure. you don't. You might not want to be having one of those in your, in your back pocket for <laughs> jutting out for two hours before you might or might not get a coffee. Do you think it might actually end up being a more likely situation that consumers will end up paying more, whether it's 20 cent or up to one euro, as Duncan mm. points out? Well, actually, as it happens, I was working in a local authority as a waste management officer when the plastic bag levy was introduced. And it was very interesting because it was large largely self-enforcing. So retailers that didn't want to get into the business of making returns to the revenue just simply stopped providing plastic bags altogether and shifted to paper, which is what we're kind of used to in many retail outlets now. And those who charged for it um, have to set up a system where they make a return on a monthly basis to the revenue commissioners for the plastic bag. But in in essence, it was self-enforcing. Consumers knew to bring their bags, retailers made their choices about how they were going to implement it. And as as an enforcement officer myself at the time, I had no work to do because mm-hmm. it just worked so smoothly. You're absolutely right. This is slightly more inconvenient for the consumer, but there's no question of a ban here. You're just going to be asked to pay 20 cent more for the inconvenience to the public and the environment of, of purchasing a, a disposable cup. It's not a ban. So I think in the kind of instances you're describing where it's just not convenient to carry uh, or you forget it, which we all do from time to time, um, you're simply just going to pay more for it. And the likely effect um, will be a dramatic increase in people bringing their own cups, but it won't eliminate disposable uh, cups entirely. And, you know, it, it would be unrealistic to expect that to happen. But this is part of a change that has to be made. And I think that, a, you know, a business model that's relying on single use plastic packaging or even paper packaging um, is not a sustainable business model in the 21st century. Duncan, that's correct, isn't it? This is inevitable at some point, isn't it, that we're going to move away from disposable, throwaway culture into one that's more reusable and sustainable. Yeah, and again, nobody's arguing against that in any way. I think we, you know, we we know that that's the move. I think we just need to look at, as we've said, other options. I mean, there's some interesting things, and I, you know, concur with a lot of what Syed said there. But well, on uh, your point about, um, you know, business will businesses will be able to reduce their their waste. Uh, you know, some cafes might actually enjoy. It, if every customer brought a reusable cup with them because they wouldn't have to have so much uh, waste possibly, around their premises. Possibly, and then use more water. So, you know, there's a, there's a quid pro quo here both ways. I mean, you know, I, I don't think we can look at this uh, in the same way that we look at the plastic bag levy. You know, isn't it ironic we're talking about the elimination of plastic bags that were replaced with paper bags? Now we're talking about the elimination of paper cups to replace them with plastic cups. So, well, they're not you know, all paper, though. There's, there's a lot of composites yeah, and they it, are a complex surely, material yeah. to recycle. Yeah, OK. Yeah. And th- but that's the point. There are compostable cups on the market now. The, 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 the coffee cup uh, 
manufacturing is moving down a much more sustainable route itself in terms of compostable cups and the removal of, of plastic. Surely we should be allowing them to do that. Surely we should be allowing and, and looking again at these recycling opportunities. I mean, you know, there are something like 4,000 new coffee cup recycling points in the UK now. Right, they're coming up all over. Most people, but will, will probably be listening to this podcast, having picked up their cup of coffee this morning on their way into work. If we started to put recycling cup points in every office space or workplace in the country that people could use, isn't that a step forward in the right direction? Because I agree with you, putting things into landfill is not the answer. You know, putting but putting paper into landfill that at least has an opportunity to biodegrade over time is surely far better than putting pl- plastic into landfill. And well, that's I, one I, of our key concerns. We have concerns. to remember there's a, the waste hierarchy is set down in European legislation. And the first point on the hierarchy is reduce, then reuse, then recycle. So if we depart from the hierarchy and opt to go for recycling before we deal with reduce and reuse, we are effectively in breach of this hierarchy and in breach of EU law. Now, EU law is going to set very demanding targets for Ireland. And the only thing... That's, I, th- I suppose it's, it's a novelty for a change, but Ireland is actually slightly ahead of the curve here in introducing this legislation and proposing this 20 cent um, levy on, on disposable cups. It's not mandatory, but it's likely that other European countries will follow. And I, I, I think it's interesting that the, the packaging industry is the main lobby that's leading the charge against this because it represents a threat to their ability to put packaging waste on the market. And remember, this is all about materials that end up in a waste stream, regardless of how they're manufactured. So the materials that go into the product is one set of issues. The uh, use of it is another. The reuse of it, which involves energy and water, is another set of issues. And then the end of life is another. But we're talking about a waste stream that is largely going to landfill and incineration. And no study has been able to show any effective recycling rate for for, uh, these kind of The other thing I would just say is because uh, you mentioned, Duncan, that um, the reusable cups tend to be plastic. I mean, there's a wide variety of cups. I have one in my bag here that's glass and plastic. There's glass and cork. There's bamboo. There's stainless steel. There's a whole variety of products. And I've even heard of a, a, a reusable cup made from ground coffee, which is quite amazing. I, I actually haven't seen have it. that. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> but it's only partially made from, well, it's okay. made from coffee husk. And the rest of it is made from plastic. And you, you might have to look twice at the marketing materials before you sure. discover that. And I think it is important to consumers to know, you it know, is. what exactly goes into these things. And maybe we don't want, you know, to hold reusable products up to exactly the same standards as disposable ones, because if we yes. only buy one. But at the same time, it's a, it's a little bit a fuzzy area sometimes, I think. It like, is. No, if it is made partially of a biodegradable material, but it's not in itself biodegradable. Yes, I understand. And of course, this is a confusing issue. We are all going to have to become very literate about all these materials and energy and water and climate and so on. The important thing is that that UNEP study that I mentioned to you shows that the break-even point for most types of reusable cups is about 10 reuses. So even if you're using a plastic cup, the ch- you know, using it for 10 times in a row, and most people will use it for many more, you know, times after that, will offset the uh, impact, or at least in comparison to a disposable cup. So I think it's it's important to put things in perspective. Life cycle analysis is about looking at things in the round, but the evidence is very clear that reusable 
cups are the way to go and policy instruments that support that shift, I think, should be welcomed. Before the pandemic, Sive, I remember department stores and other shops, you know, they were packed to the rafters with all these reusable coffee cups in sort of every colour uh, and every pattern. They, they really seemed to be pushing it. But I think as a result, people ended up with half a dozen of them. And then, of course, the pandemic came along and it all abruptly, you know, fell out of use because it was for hygiene reasons. You know, are, are, how do you feel about it now? Should we be ready to go back to using those... Uh, reusable cups that we have, you know, gathering dust at the back of the cupboard. You know, do, do you sense that people are, are already going back to cafes with their cups? I think so. And a lot of retailers are very happy to take them. I used wine this morning and absolutely no problem. Um, I think the, the the assumption is made that, you know, people won't change, that there's always a resistance to change. But in fact, the COVID experience, the experiment and all the changes that we had to make to our behaviours show that where the public is asked to do, do something in a pro-social way for the public good, very often there's you know, unending goodwill towards that. And I think that we will expect to see something similar here. If this is introduced with lots of information, giving the retailers enough time to roll out whatever alternatives they want, you know, they'll have a few different options available to them in terms of not giving out any disposable cups or choosing different ones and selling um, their own branded, um, you know, reusable cups, all that kind of thing. Um giving them enough time to do it um, and bringing the public on board, I think it'll be a huge success. And would letting individual cafes kind of advertise their green credentials by offering discounts to consumers who bring along reusable cups, would that not be a more persuasive means of of getting them to change their behaviour than perhaps a, a blanket levy? Yes, I think some do already. I wouldn't be aware of any particular brands that do or don't perhaps. uh, Look, I I think they do. Um, you know, and you you're nodding your head there because I presume you would prefer a more of a voluntary <laughs> opt-in kind yeah, of absolutely. system. Look, you know, at, at the end of the day, Sive's sort of indicating there that we, we're resistant to change. We're absolutely not. And if you look at what's happened to the retail industry in Ireland over the last two years, it's changed immeasurably. It's changed enormously and responded to, uh, to, to, to public opinion and I think will inevitably change. And I think one of the things that you've mentioned there, which I think is, is totally right, you know, confusion that exists for consumers and for retailers around this. And, you know, so rather than putting a blanket, you know, our concern is 20 cents put on the price of a coffee at a time when we've already seen the price of a cappuccino moving from 350 up to over €4, Euro, to then put another 20 cents onto that. And then potentially, as the Greens have stated, and Ossian Smith said this in the Doyle fairly recently, that ultimately the green agenda here is to eliminate them completely. So that starts at 20 cents. Uh, the, the, the view then is it will rise to 50 cents and then potentially a euro. Now, that's a punitive tax. And th- but is it not a price worth up. paying? It's a very it's urgent a, issue, isn't it? Absolutely. But, but so, is, so are all the other uh, things that we could be doing in terms of educating people. And nobody, as I say, is, is against the use of proper uh, thought through keep cups. You know, we, we've, you've got them. 
but the reality is that people will not be carrying them around all the time. This is different from the plastic bag levy. You know, if you walked in and did your shopping, you didn't have a plastic bag. You had two choices. One was to buy one and the other was to, to take your shopping home and carry it out of the door. You cannot carry a coffee cup, a coffee out of the door without it being in a cup. So it's a different situation and it does need this education. When you talk about reduce, reuse, recycle, you know, yes, reduce, yes, reuse. That's what we're talking about here. But we're not talking about recycling. And this is the point. This is the third element that needs to be added in here. You know, and, and, and our view is that the recycling part of this should be just as important as, as the reuse part of it. We're not against keep cups in any way, but we are concerned that people will go into shops, not, not have uh, that, that, um, uh, that keep cup with them, and will end up getting a cheaper plastic cup will only end up in landfill in the long run. Well, we're speaking on uh, World Ocean Day and there's volunteers across the country at the moment on beaches uh, picking up uh, rubbish fair play to them but um, isn't it the case like with something like the latte levy that it, you know it might be a little bit of a blunt instrument but but every little helps this is a this is a crisis yeah it, every little helps when it's 20 cents well that itself every little help the, when the it's revenue raised cents. from the levy according to the government is going to be ring fenced for climate action projects is that not a great idea it's a, it's yeah absolutely you know if if that's what's actually going to happen but all I'm saying is that at a time when we've seen massive spiking costs, the reality of this is if people, and go back to the UK study, if 8% of people decide that they're not going to buy their coffee any, anymore, you know, the reality of all of that will have significant impact on business. And what we will see in the future is uh, small, and it won't be the larger chains in the first instance, it will be the small, independent, family-owned coffee shops around the country that will be the ones that will find it most difficult. And that's where we'll see those businesses closing down at a time when we've already got something like 2,000 retail unit vacancies across the country. Yeah, no, I think many of them, many of the smaller independents, you know, to my mind, you know, anecdotally, of course, they seem to be almost the most positive about about change in, in my experience. But I'm interested to know if you've had any response from the government. I know you have outlined your concerns. Yeah, any feedback? not as yet. Um, we've written to the government last week um, detailing these concerns. We've written to the committee. Uh, we've written to the Minister for Retail. Um, and as yet, we've not had any anything come back. Um, you know, I, I, it is, look, the purpose of this is to create the debate in the first instance. The purpose of this is to look at other alternatives. What we don't want is a bill that gets railroaded through, you know, without significant discussion of the options that are available. Yes, it was going through before the pandemic. The reality is the reason the pandemic stopped it was to stop people transferring, you know, a cup, the reusable cup across, across a counter that had to be cleaned by somebody. And there is still a big concern that retailers have for their staff in terms of dealing with that, actually handle, you know, handling somebody else's cup and having to clean it and the implications that that has. So, you know, there's a lot of things that do need to be thought through here before this bill comes in. So I understand Retail Excellence is launching a new sustainability initiative today. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? What's in it? What, what will it do? Yeah, look, we um, started working, uh, started this year with a, a group called Sustainable Irish Retail Action, CIRA. Um, two ladies, Sharon Urell and Claire Cogan, who had came to me and said they were particularly passionate around uh, sustainability in retail and how we needed to move. Um and I think, quite rightly, they were pointing out that there didn't appear to be uh, a lot of guidance coming from government and from some of the agencies uh, that was providing support specifically for retail. 
Um, and the first thing we did was uh, we surveyed 250 retailers and they all came back and said, look, you know, this is important for their business to be seen as being more sustainable and to move down that route because clearly there is a customer demand. It's what we've been talking about. Um, <clears throat> they also said that uh, in most cases, uh, smaller ones in particular didn't know where to start. You know, where do we, how do we get on this journey? What do we need to do? What are the things we need to tackle to make us more sustainable for the future? Um, so that survey was done. Uh, Sharon and Claire then went out and spoke to a number of our members. So this guide, in effect, is um, designed to educate. Um, it's designed to navigate in terms of providing uh, retailers with, uh, you know, who are the agencies to go to that will supply them with grants and support in order to develop sustainable initiatives. Um, uh, and it's designed to create discussion. Um, and it's packed full of, there's about 20 different businesses that have contributed in terms of case studies of what they've done. So it's very much a sort of pay it forward idea where retailers that have done it are now telling retailers that haven't done it, this is what I did and these are this, this has been the implications of what I did and how, I, how, it's, how it's benefited. So that's what we're launching and it's, everybody's been involved from you know, sponsors like Vodafone at one end through to, to Musgraves, another sponsor of it, the AIB Bank. You know, so there's, there's studies here from people like Vodafone, Brown Thomas, some of the larger retailers, but there's also studies there from people like Reusey and you know, smaller independent uh, businesses that have just been more agile and done, done the right thing. So that's what we're launching this evening. And I'm assuming reducing energy, waste, water, yeah, all of these things absolutely. is sort of it's, central to it's, it's, what it's, you're doing. It's even broader than that. There are 10 pillars that we're looking at that range from refits of stores and how they need to be uh, you know, carbon neutral for the future, uh, lighting, um, where we're sourcing product from, supply chain issues, even down to the education of people in store and all that sort of thing. So it's very broad in that sense. Saif, I'm just going to give you the last word, if you don't mind. Um, do you think retailers are doing enough? What would you like them to do sooner rather than later? Well, I think that um, the bill has uh, seen a lot of support in the Dáil. As far as I know, all the political parties have supported it. Uh, there was uh, plenty of scrutiny and it now goes to the Shannad. And following that, um, the minister will have the power to introduce regulations, at which point there'll be a further consultation. So I, I don't think the door is closed to retailers who want to express their opinions about how this should be implemented. But the important thing is that we get a grip on our waste and our material use and the circular economy approach is the best possible way to do that. It'll require the minister to produce a circular economy plan and that will have an impact right throughout the economy. Um, so I don't think this is, um, I don't think this should be seen as a kind of punitive measure. This is Ireland getting to grips with its use of resources and materials. We produce a huge amount of packaging waste. We're not managing it. We're not recycling it. And this is a, a very welcome step, I think. And with, with, with the right kind of communication and rollout, I think it'll be very successful. That's it for this week's edition of Inside Business. You can have all the latest business news land directly in your inbox if you sign up to our Business Today email on irishtimes.com. My thanks again to Saif O'Neill, Duncan Graeme and Darina Kyo. Today's podcast was produced by Jennifer Ryan. We'll be back next week. Thanks very much for listening.